This morning, I just want to bring a very simple word of encouragement to all of us. And I believe it's, it's a word that will encourage us, will minister to us. I just want to tell us all, all of us, that God is not through with you. Amen. God is at work. He's still at work. And He's not done. He's not through with you. And He hasn't quit working in your life. You know, we must all understand that we are something that God is doing. We are not something that we ourselves are doing. You know, sometimes we are too hard on ourselves. Now, I, I believe in discipline. I believe in, you know, uh, taking responsibility and all that. I believe on all that. I'm not diminishing that. But sometimes we think it's all just about me working about myself. But the reality, the truth is, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, we are His workmanship. Amen. We are something that God is doing. It's not just something that I'm trying to make of myself. It's something that God is working. God is at work in you. You are God's workmanship. God is at work in you. Philippians, the second chapter, the 13th verse says, It is God who is at work in you, both to make you willing and able to do His good pleasure. There are times we are very stubborn, like, you know, we're not, not willing... Don't want to be aligned to God's will. So God's at work in us. What? First of all, to make us willing. You've got to be willing to do His will. So sometimes in some areas of my life, I may not be so willing. So God's working on that area of my life saying, okay, I need to get Him to be willing to do this. And once I'm willing, He's also working in me to make me able to do it. Sometimes I'm willing, but I don't have the ability. I don't have the strength. So it's God who's at work in us. Both to will, that is to make us willing, and able to do His good pleasure. Amen? So God's at work in you. The nice thing is this, that God is faithful to complete what He begins. You know, some of us, we start things, we are so excited, we start things, and then we kind of quit midway, we don't finish it. But God is not like that. He finishes what He begins. The Bible tells us in Philippians 1, verse 6, is a well-known verse. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it till Jesus comes. Amen. The work He began in you, He is faithful to complete it. He doesn't leave it halfway. So, okay, I'm too busy now. I've got, you know, 100,000 people here in Korea. I've got 200,000 people here in Africa. Sorry, no time for you. No, He doesn't leave us half done. He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. Amen. And look at what the psalmist said in Psalm 138, verse 7 and 8. You know, he says, Lord, Psalm 138 and verse 7, he says, God, I'm in the middle of trouble. He's praying, he's saying, I, I walk in the midst of trouble. You will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand will save me. Verse 8, he says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your own hands. He says, God, I'm in the middle of trouble. And here's his declaration. The Lord will perfect what concerns me. Amen. So in the middle of trouble, what should you and I say? The Lord will perfect what concerns me. Even in the middle of trouble that seems to threaten your future, threaten your destiny, threaten your career, threaten your financial, uh, financial state, threaten your health, whatever. In the midst of trouble, he said the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Amen. So it doesn't matter what kind of trouble you are in the middle of. 
you and I can have this confidence that the Lord will perfect what concerns me. He will not forsake the work of his own hands. We are his workmanship. Amen. God does not abandon us. God will not abandon you. You know, the psalmist said in Psalm 27 verse 10, he said, you know, when my father and my mother forsake me, Psalm 27 verse 10, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Even if it comes down to that, when my father and mother forsake me, even if that happens, the Lord will take care of me. Amen. God is not a God who abandons his work in you. He will not. He's at work in your life. Some of us this morning might say, you know, but pastor, you don't understand. Nothing seems to be happening in my life. Not even a leaf is moving. Nothing's happening. You're talking about revival. There's no wind blowing through my life. You're talking about fire. Nothing. There's no coal in my life. Nothing's happening. Everything is dead still. How can you say that God is at work? I feel like I've been abandoned. I feel like God's forgotten. No, that person has a testimony. This person has a testimony. Everybody seems to have a testimony. But me, nothing seems to be moving. Nothing's happening. I want to encourage you this morning. God spoke to his people in Isaiah, in Isaiah 49, verses 14 through 16. He said, you know, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. So that's what the people of God are saying. God's forgotten me. Nothing's happening. But God's response to them is this in Isaiah 49, verse 15 and 16. He says, can a woman forget her nursing child? and not have compassion on the son of a womb. Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. So when God's people are saying, you know, God's forgotten me, God responds and says, hey, can a woman forget her child? I mean, that's like next to impossible. It's just a very rare thing. But he says, even if that does happen, I'm not like that. I've inscribed you on the palm of my hands. Amen. But Hosea, the 13th chapter and the 5th verse, the Lord says, I knew you in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. See, when you were in the wilderness, when you were in this land where everything was dry, no water at all, God says, I knew you. You know that God knows you and God knows me. Even when we are in the wilderness, He doesn't forget us. Even when you're in the middle of a land that's totally dry and barren, there's no sign of any water, no sign of any life around you, God still knows you. Amen. He doesn't forget us. You know, it's, you can compare it to, you know, God's working in these seasons of life. You can compare it to like a seed that's germinating in the ground. You can't see much happening, but there's something happening under the ground. So even in these seasons of life, when you think like, God, nothing's happening, God is at work. It's just that you can't see it. It's like the seed that's germinating. God is at work. He's doing something. He doesn't abandon us. Now here's a little word of advice. Instead of focusing on what God supposedly is not doing, I want to encourage us, look at what God has done and look at what God is doing. Amen? You know, most of us get so discouraged. Why? Because we're always looking at a thing that God is, has not done or supposedly not done. No, God has supposedly not given you a card yet. Hey, but look at it. You have a pickup every morning and a drop off every evening. Look at what God is doing. I mean, it's better than taking two and three buses to work. Amen. 
So instead of looking at what God is supposedly not doing, why don't you look at what God has done? Why don't you look at what God is doing? Now that old song, Count Your Blessings. There's some amount of theology in that. It's good. Look at what God has done. Look at what God is doing. Instead of just focusing on, oh, I'm supposed to have this done. God hasn't answered this prayer. God hasn't given me this. And God hasn't given me that. Relax. Look at what God has done. Look at what He is doing in your life. Some of us sitting here this morning might say, you know, God, uh, Pastor, I just, I just made just too big of a mistake in my life. Just a big mistake. And I don't know what that mistake could be. Maybe it was just a wrong financial dealing and you just lost all your money. Or just some other kind of mistake. But I want us to know that God is bigger than our mistake. Amen. If our mistake was bigger than God, then our mistake is God. Amen. It's pretty deep, isn't it? <laughs> but God is bigger than our mistake. That's why He's God. And I don't think there's any person in life who goes through life who can say, you know, I've never made a mistake. Every, I mean, every person in the Bible, all the great men in the Bible, they all made mistakes. Moses made, David made, Solomon made, Peter made, Paul made. Everybody made mistakes. God still used them. Amen. You know, Moses came down the mountain. He just spent so much time with God. You think, you know, God would have so changed him. He comes down the mountain carrying these two tablets, the Ten Commandments. And he comes up. He sees other people, you know, worshiping and doing all kinds of things. And, I mean, he could have been loving and kind, you know. But instead of being loving and kind, he just breaks those commandments on them. Oh God, oops, sorry. And then he has to go back up the mountain to get them again. And God has to inscribe them again. I mean, every, every one of us has made mistakes. But the good news is God's better. God's bigger than our mistakes. He can fix it. He can. So God's at work in our lives. The psalmist said in Psalm 25 verse 15, he said, My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net so you think you've got your feet trapped in a net i mean you didn't see it it's like this animal in the jungle you know there's an there's a trap there it doesn't know it gets in gets stuck so like that you might think i've got my feet trapped in the net but asama said he's going to pluck my feet out of the net he's going to bring me out of this i'm just going to keep my eyes on the law amen so it doesn't matter how big a net you've been trapped in god can bring you out Keep your eyes on the Lord. You know, every man fails. Winners are simply those people who get back up on their feet and try again. That's it. That's all. All of us are going to fail different points in life. But we just get back and try again. That, that's what makes you and me a winner. But if we are so afraid, you know, there's this a major reason why people don't get up and try again. Because they're all afraid of what everybody else thinks about them. I made a mistake. Oh, what does my uncle think about me now? What does my aunt think about me? You know, and they're thinking, they're so worried about what everybody else thinks. And, you know, even if you have made a mistake, don't let what others think about you as they see you through your mistake, shake your image of yourself. Because you have not changed. And your God has not changed. You just made a mistake. You know, what others think about you does not affect you. Does not affect who you are. You are still God's workmanship. You are still in Christ. You are still anointed. You are still gifted. You are still called. None of that has changed. Amen. So get back up. Try again. God can pull your feet out of the net. Some of us this morning might say, Pastor, but I've been unfaithful to God. I've been unfaithful to God. You know, I rebelled, went my own way. 
I, God wanted me to go right and I just chose to go left to show God that I can make my own decisions. Whatever. I rebelled. I mean, I knew God was wanting me to do a certain thing, but I just chose to go my own way. I did it on purpose. Is there hope for me? I mean, can God, is, can God still work in my life? Here's what God spoke to His people in the Old Testament. And you know, they were called stiff necked. They woke up every morning with a stiff neck. That's what, that's not what it means. They were just stubborn. I mean, they didn't want to obey God. And to such kind of people, here's what he says in Isaiah 54, verse 10. He says, you know, even the mountains depart and the hills are removed. My kindness will not depart from you, nor will my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord. Now look, you guys can be as stiff-necked as you want, as stubborn as you want, as rebellious as you want. But even the mountains are removed, the hills be moved, my covenant is still the same. My love for you, my kindness towards you is still the same. That's how faithful God is. Now Paul writing to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, 24, you know, he says, you know, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And next verse 24, he says, faithful is he who called you and he will do it. So he's saying, you know, my desire, my prayer for you is that you'll be preserved, sanctified, holy, in spirit, soul, and body. And next verse, he gives the assurance why he can expect that to happen. Because God who called you is faithful. He will do it. He'll do it. So even if you have rebelled and, you know, done some things that you know you were not supposed to do, I want you to know that God's faithfulness towards you has not changed. He's faithful. He called you. He's faithful to you. Some of us might say, you know, but pastor, you don't, you know, I had such a great call on my life. I had such a great gifting. I know God had put all those gifts in me. And uh, I just went off my own way, did my own thing. What, what, what about that call on my life? What about that anointing that I used to have once experienced? What about that gift that I used to once carry and serve God with? And which, you know, I just kind of neglected and I messed up. What about all that? The Bible tells us in Romans 11 verse 29, the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. It's still there. It's still there. The call that God has on your life, the gifting He has placed on you, you may have wandered off somewhere, but it's still there. You can come back and revive that all, all over again. God's able to restore everything. God can bring restoration in your life. He can rebuild what may have been torn down. He can re recapture what may have been lost. He can recover what may have been wasted. Even time, even time. See, you and I live in time. God lives in eternity. Amen. And God can recover time. He can bring back what may have taken 30 years. He can bring it to pass in three weeks. He can restore time. Amen. That's the kind of God we serve. So even if I may have wandered away, I can still come back to God. He's not going to give up on me. And lastly, some of us might say this morning, you know, I'm just tired. I'm ready to quit. And our life's just taking its toll on me. And it's just hard being a Christian. I'm just or doing this ministry thing or whatever, you know, God's called you to do, whatever you're doing in life. You're just saying, I'm just tired. I want to quit. I don't want to, I can't continue. The challenges I'm facing are too much. The stress is too much. The pressure is too much. I'm just tired. I want to give up. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 40, verse 28 and 29, have you not known, have you into heard? There's an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He never faints. He never gets tired. Verse 29. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. So if you're tired, 
Bible says there's a God in heaven who never gets tired and he can give strength. He can give power to those who are about to faint. He can bring that into your life. This morning you can be revived, you can be renewed and you can press on in your life. So I'd say to you, don't give up, stay at your post, keep doing what you're doing because God rewards faithfulness. Don't quit. God rewards faithfulness. He needs to find you at your post. So God is not through with you. Look at your neighbor and say, God's not through with you. Now there's an old Sunday school song, he's still working on me. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. I forgot the rest of the words. It's been a while since I was at Sunday school. <laughs> what is it? I forget. Whatever. He's still working on me. God's still working at you, in you, in your life. He's not through. He's the part of you, the clay. He's going to bring you to perfection. I want to close with what Jude says in Jude chapter 1, verse 24 and 25. Jude says, To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, power, now and forever. God is able to keep you from falling and to present you perfect, faultless in his presence. He's the one who's able to do that, and that's what he's working on. Amen.